So as I was thinking about Easter and how, what to cover, what sermons to cover at Easter, and I was looking at the pericope calendar scripture readings for today, is what, which is what we read earlier. And, um, oh, there's a page missing here. Thank you. <laughs> and I saw, oh, it's Genesis 3, and it's Revelation 12. And I thought, well, this is like, this is like the, the big story of scripture from the beginning through from the beginning of, of the fall of man and, and sin entering the world up to the redemption in Christ and Christ's ascension to the throne in heaven. And I thought, wow, what, what actually a great way to start Lent by talking about the, the big picture so that we have the setting of, of, of the whole world setting to place Jesus, what Jesus did for us on the cross into that big setting. So, so what we're gonna be kind of covering today is, is really like, is an examination where, where it's gonna be a lot of storytelling <laughs> with a bit of interpretation, because we're looking at Revelation, so there's, there's symbols that need to be a bit of interpreted a bit. And we're gonna be looking at this, and we're gonna be looking at this, this cosmic battle of good and evil. And we're really gonna be answering this question uh, that everyone needs to answer, which is, do you believe good will ultimately triumph over evil? Do, do you believe that that's actually going to happen? That that is actually will will play. That's how things will play out. And so, before we look into the scripture here, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you that we are are gathered here. Uh, that, that we thank you that we are free to to read your word, to consider it, to share it, um, to lift each other up and encourage each other with your words that we might live by faith and follow you and know the grace and the victory that we have in Jesus. Pray this in, in his name, amen. Okay, so if we look at the world, uh, we see lots of trouble and lots of chaos and it's easy to get just super focused on the chaos and the troubles and oh, here's another story, here's another story that you know, you know, this corrupt politician, this war over there, this uh, business collapsing, this, you know, just cronyism on and on. And it only seems to get, be getting worse. And we can get focused on this. And when you're focused in on that, it can be very hard to be like, well, you know, well, how's good? When, when is good going to win, God? When, you know, the, the psalmist cries out, how long, O Lord, are the wicked going to prosper? And that we can feel that in our hearts when we look at the world. How long, oh Lord? When are you going to triumph? And when we look at the, the book of Revelation, big book of Revelation, you know, there's lots of times of chaos. And then there's these bright spots of God's, of piercing the veil. And, and where, where basically we have our human perspective, but we can get hyper-focused on the troubles that we are living in. And Revelation takes us out of our earthly perspective and takes us to the heavenly perspective to show us the victory that Christ has won and the sure victory that is still coming. And so we're, we're looking at Revelation here. And in Revelation 12 particularly, which is what we read earlier, it describes the victory when Jesus ascended into heaven. The victory when Jesus ascended into heaven. Um, but if you're not familiar with the big story, right, that you might not appreciate the wonder of this victory. And so that's why we're taking, taking some time to kind of walk through the big story here. So to recap, you know, we, we heard Genesis 3 earlier. Genesis 1 and 2, God made a good creation and he made mankind 
very good. But the devil deceived Eve. Adam and Eve ate the fruit. They chose to listen to the devil and not to God. And so sin entered Adam and Eve's heart and it corrupted humanity. Their hearts were now filled with sinful desires, but also with guilt and fear and shame. They became mortal, doomed to die. Division and envy entered into humanity. And creation, too, became doomed to decay. So in short, every trouble we experience in this life now can be traced back to this event called the fall into sin. So whether it's the, what you, you're troubled by the wicked actions of people, by tragic accidents of nature, or just suffering in a fallen world, all those things go back to this event, the fall. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. And John 8.34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So we sin because we inherited this corruption from our parents all the way back to Adam. But we also, our sinful actions, show that our hearts are enslaved to sin. And Jesus goes on. He doesn't pull any punches. He's not soft about sin. Uh, in verse 30, same chapter, verse 34, he's answering um, those who are trying to silence him, who are trying to silence the word of God and the preaching of God's word. Testing, one, two, three. Okay. How do, you, how do you hear me now? All right, Jesus said to them, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So we have, we have a clear picture here of the devil and his role in humanity and creation. He is the worst enemy of humanity and of creation, and he's got humanity dialed in. He, he plays the tune and people dance to it, those, those who are not listening to God and not following God. And now, now to, to be clear, because of sin, people just do awful things without, they don't need to be directly prompted by the devil to do bad things. They'll, they'll just do it. Because we have sin in our hearts, that corruption there. But sometimes people are directed by the devil to commit evil. Judas was filled by Satan to betray Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, Ananias was filled by Satan to lie to the apostles and the Holy Spirit. And there's many other scriptural examples of this. So you sum it all up. We have, we have sin in our hearts. We have, we're mortal, doomed to die. And the schemes of the devil, constantly deceiving, it leaves humanity in a very sorry state. But God gave Adam and Eve a promise that the devil would be defeated. Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So right away, right away at the fall, God immediately gave Adam and Eve hope. That he was going to provide hope. But it was going to come through a child born from humanity. 
And the, so this promise here, it sets up the conflict between good and evil on earth. Uh, the devil knew his defeat would come from mankind, particularly from God's people. So the devil has always schemed to destroy humanity, and particularly God's people. And this, this history is described in the Old Testament. It's the history of the people of Israel. And they're either constantly either trying to be corrupted or trying to be destroyed by the world around them. And we trace that history to the, the waiting that through them would come a Messiah, this promised Messiah that would defeat the devil and defeat sin. And this child is Jesus. He is the Christ, the one chosen to rule. And after his death and resurrection, he ascended into heaven as the Gospels and the book of Acts and now the book of Revelation record. And he's seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. And so the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, it accomplishes our redemption. But the ascension of Jesus and his victory in heaven, are, those are things we, we can't see. You know, pe people saw Jesus' life. They saw his death. They saw his resurrection. They saw him go up. But we can't see what happened in heaven. That's, that's, we're, we're mortal. We're down here. And the book of Revelation opens the veil and shows us this, this cosmic battle between good and evil in the heavens. And so we're, we're going to go here look, um, looking at this. And this is, this is the verses we read earlier, 7 through 12. Revelation 12, 7 through 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. For the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. So the identity of the dragon in the, in the symbolism of Revelation is clearly is identified very clearly. He is the devil, the adversary, the slanderer, the accuser of humanity. He's the deceiver of the whole world. He corrupted humanity with sin. He tempts us to sin. And then we see here, he daily accuses us before God's throne. He's like a prosecuting attorney coming to God's throne, pointing out your sins, saying, look what so-and-so did. And he wanted to do it too because he is greedy or, or envious or selfish. Fill in the vice of your heart there. And he goes on, you know, he's accusing He's a rebel. Look at this human. He's a rebel. He, he rejects you, God. He won't follow you. He wants because he wants to be his own God. He doesn't want you for his God. All these accusations. And unfortunately, because of the sin in our heart and things we do, um, justice does demand our condemnation. Every person is guilty of sin. And as Jesus pointed out, he who practices sin is a slave of sin and therefore a slave of the devil. You're under, under the devil's spiritual rule and he's because the devil he's called the ruler of this world and so before in this 
court, heavenly courtroom scene, the devil claims that he accurately represents humanity. And this image, it, it rep, it's repeated elsewhere in the Bible. We think of Job and the devil before God discussing Job and whether Job is really righteous. But we also have what we, I described in the children's message in Zechariah 3 about this vision of the high priest Joshua standing before the angel of the Lord. He's dressed in the filthy rags of his filthy deeds. And the devil is accusing him before God, but God, the Lord, rebukes the devil, and the angel of the Lord removes the filthy garments, takes away his sin, and puts on him pure garments of righteousness. And this, this is just a beautiful foreshadowing of what Jesus does for us. Because on the cross, Jesus took the filthy garments of our wicked deeds upon himself. He wore our sin on the cross. And his death then was the punishment for our sin. And he offers his perfect righteousness to anyone who will repent of sin and believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ who takes away our sin. And he will place his righteous deeds, his pure robe of righteousness on those who believe and trust in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So Jesus' death and his resurrection and his ascension, they won a victory in the spiritual realm, ending the power of sin over the human heart and ending the power of the devil. John 12, 31 through 33 says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So when Jesus ascended the throne, it's like he's triumphantly marching into the courtroom of heaven. And he rebukes every accusation that the devil, the prosecuting attorney, <laughs> is making. And now Jesus, Jesus now represents humanity. He speaks for humanity. And he has a better claim to do that because he became fully human, one of us. He lived a perfectly righteous life. And as one of us, he can be our substitute, exchanging his righteousness for our sin. So against every accusation against you, Jesus offers up himself. Your ransom paid. Your punishment completed. Sins taken away. The perfect righteousness of Jesus credited to your account. And instead of wearing the filthy rags of your deeds, Jesus dresses you in the glorious splendor of his righteousness. And the charges against you are dismissed with prejudice. <laughs> so in the heavenly courtroom, the devil, the prosecuting attorney, he is, he's disqualified. And so he's banished forever. And Michael and the angels are like the court bailiff and the security guards, you know, escorting him out. Except, of course, the devil doesn't, uh, he doesn't go along with this. He and his angels fight back. So it's almost like a, a gang war right there in the courtroom of heaven. That's what we're, that's what we're reading in Revelation 12 there, eh? Michael and his angels making war against the devil and angel, his angels to throw them out of heaven, to throw them out of the presence of God so where he cannot accuse anymore. And so they're thrown out. Resistance is futile. 
They're thrown out like a bouncer, tossing a con man in the gutter. And the result of this victory is, is great celebration. I'm going to read verses 10 and 12 again. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. So what does this mean for us here today on earth? Well, amid trouble and chaos, you can be confident that the devil is defeated, the dragon is defamed. Now, he's still on earth, he can still raise trouble, he can still blow smoke and deceive, but his power of, over sin and over you and over death is broken. Secondly, you, you can be confident that Jesus Christ reigns. He's on the throne. God will triumph. Good will triumph in the end. Troubles and evil will come to an end. And Jesus is orchestrating all things toward the new heavens and the new earth where suffering will cease. And Jesus is reigning. He's interceding for you and he's working all things together for your good. Romans 8.34 says, Who is to condemn Meaning, who, who would condemn you? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And 830, John 8.36, right, which is right after that verse where he said, whoever practices sin is a slave to sin. Then Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So you have conquered by the blood of Jesus shed for you. And the verse says you've conquered by your testimony. Your testimony is, is your profession of faith that you believe Jesus is the Christ. And it's the testimony of your deeds that show that you have repented and that you obey Christ as one of his own who follows him. And like him, you, you give up, you forsake selfishness, and you love not your life, even unto death. And you can be confident that the victory of Jesus is yours by his word of promise to you, received by faith in him. 1 John 5, 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So every person must consider in their own heart, do you believe? Has God shown you your sin? led you to confession and repentance and given you faith and a new heart? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Have you been joined to him in baptism by faith? Are you following Christ? Because if you are in Christ, then you have this certain hope that his victory is your victory. However, since it says there, there will still be troubles in this life, and the devil still seeks to deceive and to devour, so Revelation 14, 12 exhorts you. Here's a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So therefore, each of us must decide to endure. Decide now, before troubles get worse, before you are that, that deception comes hard for you, because hard times will come. Decide now to endure. Commit to Christ. 
trust yourself to him. Decide today that, that you're going to read scripture daily because it's scripture that shines the, the light of God's eternal truth in your life. And it's the devil and the troubles of this world, they try to obscure the light like a storm cloud. So you must keep looking at the light and reminding yourself of what Jesus has done for you and the victory that is certain. And then also decide in advance that when you are discouraged by troubles, you'll turn to God. You'll remind yourself of his victory and, you, and you'll pour out your troubles to him. And then remember these words from John 16, 33. Jesus speaking, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word to us and your word in the book of Revelation that, that peels the earthly veils to show us the victory in heaven that you won over the devil breaking his power and, and sitting on the throne to be our God and our King, our Savior, our interceder, working all things together for the good of those who love you and trust themselves to you. Pray that we would each take these words to heart, that they would strengthen our faith and our, our heart's desire and willingness to trust ourselves to you and to look to you as our God and Savior. May you, you receive all the glory and praise from our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.